If the Democrats are truly serious about wanting to protect our school children from mass shootings, why on earth wouldn't they want to change their own laws that allow school shooter suspects out of jail within hours of booking? Hi, I'm Julie Barrett. I'm your host for the Women's Blaining Podcast, and I'm also the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are an organization of conservative women around the state of Washington, working hard to protect conservative values, the American way of life, and the Second Amendment, as well as many other rights that we as Americans enjoy. And today we're going to be focused on the Second Amendment as well as a couple other stories I want to share with you today. So this particular incident happened right in my own neighborhood this week. There was a school shooting suspect uh, not far from where I live. It's not my school district, but it's just, I don't know, 10 minutes from me. On Tuesday of this week, so that would be June 14th, today is Thursday, on Tuesday, the Snohomish County Sheriff's Office arrested a 15-year-old for unlawful possession of a firearm, disturbing school activity, and possession of a dangerous weapon on school property. At um, 3.10 p.m., the Sheriff's Office deputies responded to a shooting in the parking lot of Mariner High School. The suspect, a 15-year-old, fired multiple shots into passenger vehicle. The suspect fled the scene on foot and the victims fled in a vehicle. A canine team responded to the scene but was unable to locate the suspect. Shortly after, deputies located the involved vehicle occupied by two juvenile victims. They were not injured. Both victims were uncooperative and were released. The vehicle had a bullet hole and was seized pending a search warrant. Patrol deputies continued to investigate the shooting and positively identified the suspect and developed probable cause for his arrest. Now I want to pause here and let you know that in 2021, uh, end of July of last year, we had new laws that went into effect that really prohibit the the police from doing their job and they cannot pursue suspects. There are several things that they can no longer do. So it's a lot more difficult for them to arrest a suspect. They have to be able to develop probable cause in order to make an arrest. Okay, continuing on this press release. On Tuesday at approximately 5.50 p.m., Violent Offender Task Force deputies located the suspect in the 2300 block of 119th Street Southwest and took him into custody. The 15-year-old suspect was transported to Denny Juvenile Justice Center, where he was booked for unlawful possession of a firearm, disturbing school activity, and possession of a dangerous weapon on school property. The suspect had his initial court appearance today. This was written yesterday. So on Wednesday, and a judge set his bail at $250 cash, $250 cash, or $2,500 bondable. He has since posted bail and was released. And this is a statement from Snohomish County Sheriff Adam Fortney. I am very proud of the quick response and thorough investigative work done by our deputies. Public safety remains our top priority, and the youngest members of our community deserve to always be safe at school. I am discouraged to learn the suspect was released in less than 24 hours without an ankle monitor or any additional layer of accountability and protection for our community. This whole thing went down according to Washington state laws and Washington state legislators, particularly Democrats, 
are very soft on crime. And over the last several years, they have continued to pass laws that allow for criminals to be released or to go uncharged, unpunished, and they get released back into society, um, obviously likely to reoffend. This is a perfect example of the Democrats' actual intentions with these laws. And it goes to show you that they aren't truly concerned about protecting our school children if they're not concerned about the laws that prevent criminals from reoffending. Now, this teenager who was booked is out in a couple of hours on $250, and there's nothing to stop this teenager from reoffending. We're not protecting the school children with laws like this. We all know that it's not guns that kill people, it is people who get their hands on weapons, firearms specifically, who kill people. And in this case, he was arrested for unlawful possession of a firearm. Yet what the Democrats and some of the Republicans are trying to do with this H.R. 7910, it's the Protecting Our Kids Act, is to take firearms away from law-abiding citizens in the name of protecting our children. And we know that this is not going to solve the problem. If you disarm the citizens and you continue to release these criminals, you're still going to have the same problem. And it's not just a problem of getting their hands on firearms because we know criminals don't care about the laws, so they will continue to get their hands unlawfully on firearms. But we have a huge mental health problem. This is a 15-year-old kid that got arrested. 15 years old. We already know that we have a mental health crisis among our youth for many reasons. I mean, we could list tons of reasons why we are seeing this crisis, and it's been developing over the past several decades. And now with COVID and the indoctrination that we have going on in our society, the instability, we are seeing it at an even greater level, which is going to increase the odds of unstable teenagers doing things like this kid did this week. We are going to continue to see school shootings because the Democrats, they don't really care about solving the problem. If they cared about truly protecting our children, they would be worried about how do we keep these people off the street? Stop being soft on crime. Stop letting criminals get out of jail within a few hours for 250 bucks. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. And this particular case should be a great example for Republicans to use for the case of voting against this whole Protecting Our Kids Act, this H.R. 7910. And we saw I did an episode on this about a week ago, Last week, the the House voted on this, and it passed the House, and we had several Republican representatives who lent a hand to the Democrats and voted for this. It is now making its way over to the Senate, where the Senate will take a vote, and we have 10 senators, uh, including Lindsey Graham, Mitt Romney, uh, Liz Cheney, oh, she's in the House, um, Susan Collins, uh, just to name a few, but there are 10 in total that will that have already said that they're planning to vote with the Democrats to pass this 
Protecting Our Kids Act, which would put red flag laws in place and would really be an attack on our Second Amendment rights and would really um, cripple law-abiding citizens and gun owners who have the right to protect themselves, their family, and their homestead. It also, as part of this law, is uh, it would limit the gun magazine capacity. I think it's to 10. And in Washington state, we already had that law pass in this past legislative session of 2022. They passed a high capacity magazine ban. So the highest capacity you can have is 10, 10 rounds. And that goes into effect. It's sometime next month. And so you've got gun owners who are doing everything they can to get their hands on Uh, higher capacity magazines before they go off the market here in Washington state, because I believe, and I don't have the terminology in front of me right now, but I do believe that if you purchase it before the law goes into effect, it is legal for you to own those higher capacity magazines. So I want to issue you a call to action on this. This is a federal thing. This is going through our United States Senate. Please contact these 10 Republican senators who are planning to vote with the Democrats. I personally don't think it's a wise use of time to be writing to your Democratic senators. Like here in Washington state, we have Maria Cantwell and Patty Murray, and we know exactly how they're going to vote. You could definitely CC them in an email that you send to these other senators, but we need to be targeting the Republican senators who should be voting against this and who have a more likely chance of not being reelected if they do these kind if they vote for these kinds of things. So I will put a link to the 10 senators in the notes so that you can go contact those people. I know Lindsey Graham is one that people have been hitting hard and I actually put in a call to action on this last week and I'll put those note those in the notes again so that you can reach out to Lindsey Graham's office and I just say fill up their voicemails, fill up their email boxes and let them know that you expect them as a Republican senator to stand for our Second Amendment rights and to vote no on the Protecting Our Kids Act. There was a viral video yesterday that shows hundreds of dead cattle that were supposedly hit by a Kansas heat wave. Chaos in food supply chains continues to worsen as thousands of cattle die across Kansas. Officially, at least 2,000 cattle died of, quote, extreme heat and humidity amid triple-digit temperatures. However, skeptics aren't buying it as viral footage shows hundreds of cows lying upside down. And I have a link to the video in the notes so that you can see it. It's very interesting there all of these cows are like dead on their backs with their legs just like really rigid straight up in the air and this is this comes along with it supposedly there's 10,000 of these cattle that died in this quote heat wave and they say that Texas actually has the highest uh, the hottest weather And they have the highest concentration of cows and they haven't had a massive cow death like what we're seeing here. And so it's really suspicious. A lot of people are questioning what really happened here. And you may recall that we've had a lot of food plant fires over the last several months of 2022. It's not uncommon for there to be fires at food facilities But this year, we have had more than usual. There have been more than 20 
food facilities that have burned so far in 2022. And I'm just going to read you a little bit from an article from My Patriot Supply. It says, it's gotten a lot of people wondering, including some of the country's largest media outlets, what the heck is going on? The answer is, we don't know, at least not yet. But these disruptions to our U.S. food supply chain during already historic supply shortages will only make the inflation of food prices worse. So you've got a couple of different things going on here. And a lot of us aren't surprised by seeing this because the Democrats have been warning us of food supply shortages and these, you know, very deadly summers and, and things that are that are coming up for us. In fact, Washington Governor Jay Inslee has been w- warning us about brownouts and blackouts and that this summer is going to be deadly for residents in the state of Washington. So a lot of people are definitely suspicious when we see things like 10,000 cattle dying in a, quote, heat wave, or when we have over 20 food plant fires in the course of about six months. These are not necessarily things to be alarmed about, although I'm not going to lie, these things are very concerning to me. But what we do need to do is be sharing this stuff with people because this is not the kind of thing that you're going to see from your mainstream news outlets. And I think people just need to be aware of what's going on so that they're not surprised when the rubber meets the road, so to speak. There's another Washington State story I want to talk to you about today. As you know, education and parents defending children is one of my biggest passions. And this comes from my friend, Liev Finna, who works for Washington Policy Center. She is their education uh, director. And she put out an article yesterday titled, School Officials Move to Cancel Learning Assessments and Automatically Pass Every Student. And this is specific to Washington State. It's actually specific to the school district in which I live, which is North Shore School District. And I mentioned this before. North Shore, I would say, prides itself on being a leader in education. And so what we see from North Shore in Washington, we usually see it spread out to other schools. And I I bring this to your attention because I think we are going to see this across the country if we're not already seeing it in many other states. I don't think this is unique to North Shore School District. I'm sure that there are many school districts across the state that will be doing this. Something to note, our superintendent here in North Shore will be leaving at the end of June, and she will be the new superintendent for Fairfax County Public Schools in Virginia. And there are there's a huge group of parents in the Fairfax County School District who are not happy that they are getting her as their new superintendent because they have seen the havoc that she has caused in North Shore School District and especially the way that she handled COVID with our students here. And we were the first to shut down and we were the last to reopen. And so you've got parents who are not excited about having her come. Uh, even on the other side of the aisle with the, I want to say it's the ACLU, uh, stepped up and was not happy with having her come there because she just doesn't have enough experience with diversity. Um, and that's that's true. We're a predominantly white community. And so, and, and a significantly smaller school district than Fairfax is. Leave notes in this article that teachers and parents are abuzz about a decision by North Shore School District officials to cancel learning assessment and automatically pass every student regardless of the level of learning students have actually received. 
the lowest grade a teacher is allowed to give is a D, a passing grade, even for students have not completed the level of study needed to pass. It's likely the same everyone passes policy is being adopted by school administrators in districts across the state. And I would add that this would apply to districts across the country. Leaf goes on to say, don't be surprised when school officials are soon boasting about their high graduation rates. The real losers, of course, are taxpayers, parents, and children, as students are denied the community-building, life-enhancing public education they were promised. This weakening academic trend has been underway for a while. Last spring, 82.5% of Washington students graduated from high school, according to state data. At the same time, state scores show 70% of Washington students failed to receive adequate math instruction, and 52% were denied an adequate English education. All across the country, we have seen parents pulling their kids out of public education for this exact reason, not to mention the fact that our government schools are indoctrinating our kids into their left-wing agendas, their gender and sexual identity stuff, their BLM, their you know critical race theory is rampant across the country. And parents saw that in 2020 and started pulling kids out. I know so many parents and families who have decided to homeschool their kids or put them into a private school. And even private schools are not immune to what is going on in the school system because you are seeing CRT and SEL, social emotional learning, which is I call it CRT by another name. It's just a prettier name for critical race theory. You're seeing that seep into our private schools, even the Christian schools. And so really a lot of parents are feeling like, well, if I want it done right, I have to do it myself. And I I don't disagree with that. Many states, especially the conservative leaning, red leaning states are coming up with you know, voucher systems and more school choice options for their families. Washington state is one where it's really difficult to make any progress on the school choice front because the obviously the Democrats don't want that. And on the right, we have, I would say, half of our Republicans don't want that. The teachers union is a huge political vehicle and funding so many of these politicians that the teachers union is really driving all of these agendas in our leftist states and our purple states. And unless you're in a very red state, you probably aren't making a whole lot of headway here. This is something that is a huge disservice to our children. Not only are they not getting the education that they need to, t- to succeed in life, can you imagine having an employee who hasn't ever been required to meet a certain standard to pass on to the next level? That is like what life is all about. That's the whole point of school is that you meet certain benchmarks and then you get to level up, right? You go on to the next grade. If we don't have that and our students aren't expected to achieve something bigger, they go through life entitled and not willing to do work to earn a paycheck. They just expect things to be handed to them because that's how it's done in school. I don't have to do the work and I still get to graduate. I shouldn't have to do the work and you should still give me a paycheck. This is the kind of generation of students, of people, that we are raising when we do this to our students. Not to mention we are dumbing them down. 
well, why on earth would we want to dumb down our kids? Well, a society of people who lack critical thinking skills and who are uneducated are far easier to control than the educated critical thinkers. So it makes perfect sense. They are after our children for so many reasons. I could go on for hours about the different ways that they're after our children and the reasons for those ways. We're seeing that with the sexual identity. Let's confuse them and then let's not educate them. We'll confuse them and we won't educate them and they won't even be able to function. They will be 100% dependent on the government for everything, for food, for clothing, for shelter. And that's exactly what the Democrats want. My biggest recommendation, if you are a parent of a young child, get them out of government schools and homeschool them. I believe homeschooling is the best option because the parent has complete control over what the children are learning. I don't even know that I trust private schools anymore. What we're seeing going on and how this indoctrination is just infiltrating every aspect of our society I really just think parents, we can't trust anyone right now. So I say homeschool your kids, do whatever you have to do to make that happen. I know that that is not an easy thing to do. And for many families, that requires a great sacrifice of time. But I believe that in the end, it will be worth it for your children to actually be able to be self-sufficient in this world and to be responsible citizens. So I would consider that. Um, I'm going to have a link for this article that Leave wrote um, from Washington Policy Center. I'll have a link to this in the notes. I recommend you go read it. I recommend you share it. This is not just going on here in Washington. This is going to be all across the country. And people need to know. People need to know what's going on because I can guarantee you that parents in our school district here in North Shore School District don't know that this happened. And I can guarantee that many parents are not happy, would not be happy about this if they actually knew. And so we have a responsibility if our eyes are open and we're awake to share the information. I want to leave you on a positive note, as I feel like every day there's just so much negative stuff to talk about and report about. If you're aware of all this stuff, if you're seeing it and you're awake to what's going on, you have a unique opportunity. I always think when I get discouraged, like none of this is a surprise to God. He's not up there going, what the heck is going on? What are these people doing? I mean, he probably is, but this is not a surprise. He knew all this was going to happen before it happened. None of this is a surprise to God. And for me, I take a lot of people peace in that because I know that God is still in control and being awake to what's going on feels like such an opportunity. It's scary sometimes and it doesn't feel good, but we have an opportunity to actually see what's going on, to be aware of what's going on, to make good decisions for ourselves and our families and to alert our loved ones and our friends. And so please take heart in knowing that God has already won all of this and it doesn't feel good to be going through it, but we're here for a purpose for this time. And so let's embrace it and do our part to make whatever difference that we can. Well, I'm going to leave it there for today. Thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate it. As per usual, if you have a topic idea you would like for me to talk about, please send me a message. All of my contact information is in the notes. If you like the podcast, would you please rate it and share it with some friends? And I will look forward to chatting with you again tomorrow. 